Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. In the closing days of the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, that touched the world with the move of the Spirit in the early 20th century, there were two significant prophecies declared to those who met there. The people who assembled in that humble 40 by 60 foot mission viewed these as promises from God. The first message was that of a warning. In the days to come, three things would jeopardize the church's progress. An overemphasis on power rather than on righteousness. An overemphasis on praise rather than prayer, and overemphasis on the gifts of the Spirit rather than the Lordship of Christ. I remember the late Cleveland Becton mentioning this to me when we were talking. He talked about how we were seeing this amongst us. We need to be mindful of that and always guard against those tendencies. The second message, though, was a promise. At Azusa and in multiple other sites in the United States, The promise was made that Azusa would be duplicated and multiplied in the days ahead, that there would be a saturation of the Holy Spirit in the 21st century. I've been thinking about those twin prophecies a lot lately, about the timing of Azusa fresh on the heels of a great San Franciscan earthquake, the single most devastating earthquake in America's history. 3,000 died, half the city's 400,000 inhabitants left homeless. It seems that God chooses to do the greatest works against the darkest of backdrops. In the most difficult seasons and times, God is up to something. When I see what is happening in our world, the flexing of muscle from behind the bamboo curtain, the spread of all sorts of fear and anxieties in our world, the passing of some of our most trusted elders. I hear voices shouting, shrilly desiring to be heard, but then I see other voices being muzzled that we need to hear. We truly are in perilous times. But as with America's great awakenings down through the years, it's in the dark times that God shows up and does his greatest work. So while I'm concerned I'm also challenged, challenged to see God outdo himself. It's God's way to save the best for the last and for the latter to be greater than the former. So whatever awakenings and moves of God have come to these North American shores, whatever Azusa Street was, there can be a greater awakening. There can be a greater than Azusa Street. Because God acts in the comparative and the superlative. God moves into the better and the best, and he always saves the best for last. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about serving God with all of our heart. It's my firm belief this is the season and this is the hour that we're seeing the moving of God's Spirit in a manner unequaled in the past. And as we see that take place, how much more should we devote ourselves to serving God with all our heart? 
We live in what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called the fierce urgency of now. King said we are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, there is such a thing as being too late. There's no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. If that was true many years ago when he said that, how much truer is it for us today? We are seeing the results of great neglect of people not acting sooner to right wrongs, to speak up, to take stands. In a spiritual sense, we delayed it all. We said the day is coming. That day is going to come when we will see things happen. But today is the day. The time is now. There are two words for time in the New Testament. Chronos, meaning chronological, sequential time. The chronology of our days and life. Then it's Kairos, that is often translated times or seasons. We are now standing at the intersection of Kronos and Kairos. Man's time has intersected with God's time. This is the moment for which we were born and born again. Can I tell you a story? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us about a town that meant a lot to Jesus. It wasn't necessarily the most attractive town in the ancient world, In fact, some believe that it was where the lepers from Jerusalem were sent. Simon the leper's house was there. The town's name was Bethany. We know its location. It was near Jerusalem on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. What we don't know is its exact meaning. Oh, the first part of the town's name is easy, Beth. Second letter in the Hebrew alphabet means house as in Bethel, the house of God, or Bethesda, house of mercy, or Beth Shemesh, the house of the rising sun. It's the second part of the town's name that grows confusing. The root word is Anna. It has at least five possible meanings. And from those five meanings, we can say that Bethany meant one of five things to people in those days. It meant the house of misery, the house of depression, the house of dates, the house of answering, are the one I want to emphasize today, the house of now. Perhaps the most noteworthy mention of Bethany is in John 11, where it says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. You remember, it was in that town, Lazarus lived with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And it was there, there, that they sent word to Jesus Christ saying, Hey, Lazarus is sick. I won't linger on the story. You know that Jesus loved going to Bethany, the house of now, and that those three siblings, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, were almost like family to our Lord. He favored this house, this little family. But trouble came to a favored house. In the form of a severe sickness, Lazarus grew very sick. The sisters, as I said, sent word to Jesus, who providentially was in another town also named Bethany, the Bethany beyond the Jordan, 60 miles away. When Jesus got word, he delayed. He didn't answer right away. Like when we pray and the Lord seems to stay in the big house across the chilly waters of Jordan, he didn't come immediately. In fact, Jesus waited until he knew Lazarus had succumbed to the sickness. 
He waited until seemingly all hope was gone. And Lazarus was dead and had been dead four days. And then and only then does he enter Bethany. When Jesus came to Bethany, the house of now, Lazarus was dead and buried. Martha, curiously, is the first to run to meet him. Later, Mary came. Both sisters sang a mournful duet. Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. They had faith in the God of the past. Jesus told Martha, your brother shall rise again. Martha said, sure, Lord. Yes, at the last day, she had faith in the God of the future. But what Martha couldn't realize is that she was facing the God of the present, the one who said, I am the resurrection and life, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the I am, not the I was, not the I will be. He's the God of the moment. He's the God of the now, the God of Bethany, the God of the house of now. He's not a bystander. He's a present help in the time of need. Martha's faith almost grasped it. At one point, she said, even now, I believe that whatever you ask, God will give it to you. But the daunting, depressing, miserable reality of a cold grave caused her faith to crash and to burn. At that moment in her mind, Bethany was house of misery, house of depression. But what God is seeking for in this earth is faith. He's looking for people who will say, even now, I believe. And through belief, call Christ alive into every situation. To transform Bethany, that house of misery, into Bethany, the house of now. I invite you on this daily devotion to enter by faith into the house of now, to say, even now, I believe. I have a dead brother in the grave. I have misery and pain and questions on every hand. The night is dark before me. Gloom like a thick blanket covers my shoulders. But I lift my voice and say, it's only my dream that is asleep. It shall rise again. Even now, I believe that will take you into the house of now. I'm one of those people that believes God visits us not once, but again and again. In the Lord's parable, he came at the first hour of the morning to find laborers for his vineyard. He came looking again at the third and the sixth and the ninth and the eleventh hour. He's the God who comes at the daybreak of our lives. He's a God who comes to us in the youth of our lives, at midlife, in retirement years, and even close to death when the sun is going down. He's the God who never gives up. That parable illustrates a vital point, that the sun is going down, and that we don't have much time left. There was once a time that people were awakened not by a cell phone or even an alarm clock, but by a person. For many workers in the early 20th century Britain, the daily alarm clock was a service worker. As people moved from the farms to the city, they didn't rise with the rooster crowing at sunup. Many worked unusual shifts and it threw their inner clocks off. 
So people were hired to go around to wake up the workers. They would beat on the windows. They would knock on the doors. One of the more curious ones were found in London's East End. Her name was Mary Smith. She would use a pea shooter to rap on upper story windows for six pence a week. A factory worker could have someone there waking him up. Now's the time to awaken everyone. Now's the time to stir ourselves. It's time to stir up the gift that is within us. We need to be gripped with the fierce urgency of now. We need to exit the house of depression, the house of misery, and enter into Bethany, the house of now, and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to step out in faith today and see God do something marvelous and miraculous. Don't relegate him to the God of yesteryear, to the sepia-toned photographs in some scrapbook, some album of memories from days gone by, nor put him into the nether regions of the future. Someday God will do this. Someday I believe God will do that. No, he is the I am. He's the present help in the time of need. Like Martin Luther King Jr. said, we need to embrace the fierce urgency of now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to awaken from slumber. Now is the time to say, Lord, even here, I believe, even with what I have gone through, I believe that you are able to do this. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.